and welcome to episode 91 of Dynasty Trades HQ. Uh, we got a very special episode tonight. This is the Kane and Tradable episode. Um, it's a very clever title that I came up with on my own, um, and it only took me about six hours to come up with it, so I'm very proud of it. Um, the reason that we're using that is because we have DFF underscore Kane on the show today. Uh, Kane, say hello to the people. Hello, people. Kane, uh, I, I think this is your first appearance on the show. Is that right? It is. Yeah, this is the first time I'm on the HQ. I'm a patron of the HQ, but first time I've been on. So Jeremy and Michael Slipes were so excited about having you on tonight um, that they actually couldn't make it. So that's a little weird. And it was funny because in Canton, they said they both liked me. And then as soon as I no. got on the pod, they're nowhere to be seen. Yeah, no, no. I mean, they said that to you, but... Not when we were alone. It was just the three of us. They were like, I hate that King guy. He better never come on the show because I won't come on. It sounds like my wife. Yeah, yeah. My wife says the same thing. Whatever. Anyway, I don't want to make everyone feel bad. So, yeah, it's episode 91. It's a special episode. Um, we're going to get into a few things. But the main gist of this episode is we're going to go ahead and take a look at uh, the league that was the Scott Fishbowl Potathon winner. Um that's a league that you and I are both a part of. Um, it's called the Champ or Chump League, right? Yeah, and I'm pretty excited about this league. Definitely a different um, scoring format, especially if you heard one of the other pods. Shane and I tried to do a trade on in this league, and we ended up having to revert the trade because it's important to look at the scoring rules um, when you're trying to figure out a trade. That's something we did not do. Yeah, I got. I got to be honest with you. You, I was still fine with the trade. Um, I was not as fine, fine with the trade anymore. So the trade was Juju Smith Schuster uh, coming to me and me sending out Josh Jacobs and Geronimo Allison. Oh, and Geronimo Allison. I'm sorry. Yes. So, and the reason that we thought it was a fair trade is one. It's a one and a half point PPR for running backs. And we had thought for some reason that there was also a PPC, but there wasn't, was there? So that's the issue of being in so many leagues that sometimes you can't remember the different scoring formats because every league seems to have a special scoring format and you just can't fucking remember anymore. Yeah. I mean, we, we could have easily looked at the scoring settings, which I'm pretty sure I did during the trade and somehow still got them wrong. So that was pretty impressive. That is impressive. I'm glad we were able to do that trade and then change it back. Yeah, so we reversed it, I think, two days later um, or a day later yeah. or whatever. We reversed it after talking about it in the chat room and uh, a couple people noting that, guys, uh, I don't know why you keep bringing up this PPC, but that doesn't exist in this league. And then the commissioner commented on the Twitter poll and was like, hey, dumb dumb." It's not points per carry. And I was like, uh-oh. And then Shane that's comments right. right underneath me and goes, this isn't good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what happened. Uh, yep. And then we did talk about it in the chat, and everyone made fun of both of us, I think. Yeah, so P- I'm PSA, don't be an idiot. Look at the scoring rules before you do a trade. Yeah, that's definitely a big takeaway. You should know your rules um, before you make a trade, and if a trade seems – too good to be true. Definitely check those scoring rules. Yeah. Yeah. So first though, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't get into a little bit of uh AB action. Cause apparently he was going to try to fist fight Mike Mayock today. What, what are your thoughts on so that? The funniest part is that, do you know who's the one player holding back AB? It was Von yeah, Perfect. Yeah. Which how much better <laughs> can that situation get? Because Von Perfect is the one that made him have this personality in the first place. Because that hit against AB in the playoffs, um, after reading a lot of articles and some of the players talking about it, that's the reason, or that was the moment where a lot of people said his personality had changed. Um, So Vontez Perfect holding him back was fantastic. Yeah, so AB um, wanted to fist fight Mike Mayock. uh, I believe it was today. Um, And it was over the fact that he was the Raiders decided to fine him for missing, you know, multiple days at camp due to the uh, whole helmet gate thing. 
So AB's response to that was, uh, I'm going to beat Mike Mayock's ass and, uh, or may, no, 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 that isn't incorrect. Actually, uh, AB's response to that was he posted it on Instagram, said the devil is a lie, uh, among some other choice comments, make Mike Mayock must've asked him about it today. Like, Hey, AB, uh, what you doing? Crazy tunes. And, uh, AB was like, I'm going to beat your ass. That was basically how it went. And then the the yeah, funny part so. is the contract implica- implications now is that they can void all of his guaranteed money now. If he doesn't play week one, they can suspend him or make him inactive for week one, and his contract doesn't become guaranteed anymore. Yeah, so that's the, the more interesting takeaway. See, I've I was already out on uh I was uh, I was already out on AB a few months ago when the insanity seemed to reach a fever pitch, but I was actually quite wrong. Um, I thought it was, you know, after he dyed his beard and uh, started, you know, talking bad about Ben Roethlisberger and forced his way out of Pittsburgh. I thought maybe that was the apex of that, but uh, I was clearly way off. So I already sold him off. Do you own AB anywhere? No, but I'm I'm trying to buy him. Here's a question for you, Shane. What would you give up to get, if anything, what would you give up to get AB on your team? Dude, name some players because I, I, I can't even think of anyone right now off the top of my head that I'd be willing to give up uh, for. Would you give up a guy like Corey Davis for him? <laughs> no. Um, like a Geronimo Allison or a Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Yes. MVS and Geronimo Allison. So I guess what's our equivalent? So what about like an, uh, uh, like an Allen Robinson? No, no, I'd rather have Not Allen even Robinson. Yeah. So it's between. Uh, I think my yeah. I think that might be my threshold is anything above Geronimo Allison level type player, whatever that works out to be. Um, Jarvis Landry. I'd rather have Jarvis Landry at this right, point. So I'm just thinking of Browns now for some reason. David Njoku, I think I'd rather have AB. Uh, Richard Higgins, I, I would still take AB. I think the most I would give up for AB is either a third-round rookie pick or, like I said, Geronimo Allison. But outside of that, that I'm not I think him. if I had a good team and I could give away like a 2021 second, and if that could get accepted for some reason, I think I'd happily do that. But I'm not going to give – any more than that because it's just going to be danger for your team yeah and he's similar but for different reasons and now i actually think i'm wrong on the one take but we'll get back to that on um to todd Gurley. in so much as i'm not worried about reduced production i'm i'm worried about that you might not get any production out of the player um because he's basically seems like he's spinning out of control and I, I don't know how he's going to get back from this. So he gets suspended, which it looks likely um, I'm refreshing the Twitters. Um, nothing's been, you know, nothing's actually come out yet to say that he actually has been suspended. The report is that he will likely be suspended. Um, but I'm worried that he gets suspended. They void his contract and cut him. And I, I don't know. He wanders to wilderness where, where, I mean, like, where's he going to end up? That's going to put up with his shit. I, it's going to be, really tough for him to get a contract, especially with how big of a contract he's going to want and with the guarantees that he's going to want. But you can't give this player guarantees anymore. You can't give him as many guarantees. He was guaranteed $27 million. You can't give him that anymore. It's not worth it. No, I won't. No, I'd guarantee him about $14, $14 if I was a GM. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's going to happen. What's going to happen with is going to happen. Um, it's just... It's funny because he brings up uh, something that I saw something someone tweet out the other day that, you know, they noted, and I'm paraphrasing, basically, there's always a a, a, uh, a value lower than what you think the bottom is. Um, so when people say, oh, my, you should never sell low on a player, um, you don't know that that's their lowest part, you know, that that's their lowest value. That value can always drop further. Um, and AB seems to be testing that theory because, like I said, I sold what I thought was low on him back in, you know, June and July. And I don't think I'd be able to get what I was getting back then. And what did you sell him for? Now, I, um, I sold him for, I think I sold him for Corey Davis in 2021 first, something like that. 
somewhere along those lines. Um, I definitely sold low on them, but not I, not low compared to what you could try to get for them today. I tried to pawn them off earlier. Right. So today. are you uh, moving up other Raider receivers then, like Tyrell Williams, um, Hunter Renfro? Does he become exciting to you? Darren Waller? No, Hunter Renfro will never be exciting. Um, he's a good little slot receiver. Um, I I can't see him being anything more than Cole Beasley. Um, you know, and if someone that's going to peak as a 12 point a week player once in a while is your thing, we'll go for it, you know, go crazy humping Hunter Renfro, but I, I don't really, I'm not buying him. I mean, I'll pick him up in a league where I need to start 11 players. He'd be, you know, a good 11th starter. What about Tyrell Williams? Uh, yeah. Tyrell Williams, I like Tyrell Williams as it is. Um, I don't know how much this is going to bump him up in actual production, only because they're two very different types of players. Um, you would think with the target vacuum that it'll leave behind um, and the fact that there's, let me count, one, one, one legitimate wide receiver on that team now um, that it, he's got to see at least some uptick in targets. It's just I don't think it's going to move him from being, say, a wide receiver three to a wide receiver one or anything like that. Sure. And then Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, um, I'm assuming that, you know, that should see good target shares. I assume they would see good target shares anyway. Um, and it's really hard to bump up Josh Jacobs from what he is because he was already, what, a third-round startup pick in a lot of drafts. I think Darren Waller gets just a slight bump up. Um, I'm not still incredibly excited about Darren Waller, um, just with the fact that the guy really hasn't figured it out yet. Um, but Tyrell Williams becomes really exciting to me, uh, not necessarily because of AB leaving, um, but just him as a whole, because I know um, – Gruden's obviously wanted to throw it deep before. Um, so it's, I wonder if that's going to still make him want to throw it deep to a guy like Tyrell Williams. But they also do have guys like J.J. Nelson and Ryan Grant. And I don't know if any Ugh. of those become exciting to you. But I like Ryan Grant. I think he only gets exciting if uh, Antonio Brown's not on the team. What say you? I, I don't care about Ryan Grant. Um, I can get Ryan Grant or Ryan Grant types off the waiver wire any week, any day of the week, um, for that production. Um, yeah, I just, you know, Derek Carr, I think is obviously going to be the one that's most adversely affected by this. Um, just thinking it through like AB was kind of the only thing that was kind of keeping his value afloat, or at least gave you hope that he might have a decent season, um, you know, obviously, AB makes any wide receiver core and any offense better. Um, yeah, but I feel I'm like we've beaten definitely, it I'm definitely scared with my Derek Carr shares, though. Like, I'm yeah, not you excited about Derek Carr, and I can't move him now. No, no, Derek Carr's in that 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 no man's land with like uh, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, um, a couple other guys like that, where you, they could be out of jobs after this year. Um, so in super flex leagues, unless you're getting them really cheap, you're not trying to buy them and you don't feel particularly comfortable when they're your second quarterback. If they're your first quarterback in a super flex league, well, then you're probably just very bad. Not you as a person, but your team. Maybe both. Well, probably both. Yeah. I mean, most people are bad. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of, a lot of words on AV right there. Um, real quick, uh, just wanted to let you know that the news was brought to you by Rotoshorance. Injury alert. Go on rotoshorance.com. Use the code DynastyTradesHQ, all caps. You save 20%. Say you want to draft a player like AB, and he ends up missing 10 games. Um, and you drafted Leonard Fournette, and he misses eight games. Um, then they'll reimburse you or something. So check it out. Uh, rotoshorance.com. .com. I always sing that song when I say .com. I don't even know what it's from. You tell it's from, from, I think it's here? from the Expedia commercial. Oh, that's what it is. Excellent. Excellent. Now, David Montgomery is starting to look good, though. Is he now? So here's the problem for me. Um, I was hoping, uh, you know, I'm podcasting from the garage. I was hoping the wife would be able to share the Comcast login information with me so I could watch the game on my second screen. And she doesn't remember it. So, Yeah. 
So I'm going to have to rely upon you and Twitter refreshes. So, but you know, that does bring up an interesting point for this weekend's games. What are you looking forward, not forward to so much, but what are you looking to knowledge wise? What are you hoping to take away from this weekend's games? Uh, Well, I think the first thing is I just want to see how the Vikings offense is going to look as a whole. Um, If they are going to be so much more run heavy um, as they were at the end of the season last season. And if Dalvin Cook really is going to get that bump up that everyone's kind of been talking about. Um, that's definitely something I want to keep my eye on, especially with Stefan Diggs kind of being in and out of practice with that hamstring injury. That's definitely something um, I want to, I really want to look at. And I also just want to look at the Jacksonville Jaguars offense as a whole. Um, I I just want to know how that offense is going to move and if Leonard Fournette is going to get that pass catching work or who's going to get any of that pass catching work out of the backfield. I, you know, that's the thing. There's no one else there that's really a pass catcher, right? They have Raquel Armstead, but he wasn't particularly adept at catching the butt temple. Um, right. Alf Blue's on the IR, and I legitimately forget what other running backs are on that roster right now. It's not very professional, but I, I don't remember. And I think that's just going to be the the issue when you look at a D-flippo offense that does like to dump it off to the running back and get the running back out in space. I just don't know who's going to do that work and if Leonard Fournette is actually going to be able to do that work effectively or if we're going to see something similar to a Jordan Howard last year at the beginning of the season where they say he's going to get that receiving work and we see him with a couple games try and do it and just never really do it well. Oh, and that's right. I'm just looking at their depth chart now on our lads. Um, they have Tyler Irvin, who is a player that I've uh, owned repeatedly in uh dynasty leagues he seems to always be available and it always seems like he might be able to get himself a role um so if he's on your waiver wire sure go ahead and pick him up because you know that i think that's a rite of passage is that you have to pick up tyler Irvin at least once a season and then drop him and then divine azagbo um who was with new orleans nope yeah he was with new orleans and they cut him but he's a guy that a lot of people liked uh, as a sleeper Whatever. I mean, it, it, Irvin's legitimately the only one that's really a passing threat or the only one that I believe that could steal any passing work from Fournette. I mean, everything's just shaping up for Fournette to have a monster year. Like, this is a guy, he should be able to get 320 touches if he can stay on the field. Right. And that's why I really want to know what's going to happen with that DeFilippo offense. And if they are going to feed D.D. Westbrook and Leonard Fournette, and if they're going to see anyone else, whether it's going to be Chris Conley or Marquise Lee or who's going to be on that outside to be able to kind of take away some of those targets from the slot. Yeah, I'm not buying into the Chris Conley hype anymore because um, I love me some Chris Conley. And if he couldn't do it in a Patrick Mahomes offense, I don't see him becoming a thing with a Nick Foles offense. Yeah, and I think Day-Day is going to just basically eat up all the targets there. Marquise Lee, I'm hoping for DJ Chark to emerge, really, because I've picked him up in a lot of leagues really cheap. Um, He's got good size, good speed. He's the most prototypical sized, at least, uh, wide receiver one type player there. Um, Draft capital, he had really good, uh, you know, combine. It's just I I, I don't know if he's going to actually be able to take that step and become a viable fantasy asset. I hope he does though, because I got him cheap everywhere. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a few different things um, and not looking forward to at least one thing. Um, The Eagles playing uh, Washington this week, the Eagles are heavily favored. So there should be a ton of rushing attempts later in that game. And I can already tell, and I already feel my bones that they're going to go to Corey Clement. And I'm going to have to hear about the fact that Miles Sanders is in in a running back by committee for another week. Um, And that's going to make me want to put my head through a wall. Yeah, that's one of those situations that I'm I'm anticipating it to be just cloudy for at least kind of the first couple weeks of the season. I think it'll start to clear up and be Miles Sanders backfield a little later in the season, barring injury. But until then, it's definitely one that you might want to stay away from. I'm not staying away from it. I'm going to buy. Um, hopefully people do what they always do. They start panicking right after the first week of the season, forget that we're playing dynasty and start treating it like a, a redraft league, which, you know, I, 
I'm just I'm just more saying don't start some of these guys for the first couple weeks of the yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, obviously buy them if if someone's going to sell Miles Miles Sanders, you need to buy that, but just need to be cognizant that he just might not be as great the first couple weeks. You know, I was reading through a lot of starts and sits this week, and I kind of remembered why I don't really do that anymore. You know, the choices between like Miles Sanders and Gus Edwards. Well, who would you start out of that? You know what I mean? Right. No, I I totally get that. I just think if you happen to just have one of those stack teams where you're actually having to make difficult decisions, or if you're having like that really deep team, then maybe you're thinking about not starting Miles Sanders. But for the most part, you're going to start him. You wasted that, not really waste, but you used that high draft capital to get him. You know, I read a lot of starts to start him week in and week out. All right, and I do find them useful because you know I'll look up the matchup advice and be like, oh, I didn't realize that. uh, Akeem Talib is going to be shadowing DJ Moore. So if I can find another option for him, I'll switch him out. But you know, who do you switch? You're gonna you're you're gonna bench your wide receiver three and play someone that's your wide receiver six in his place. You know, it's because that's the choices in leagues when you're playing with ten and eleven starters, and that's most of the leagues I play in. At least I don't know if you play in little baby eight, you know, eight man starter leagues. You playing those little baby no, leagues? I don't anymore. And Marquez Valdez Scantling just went for about fifty yards. Ah, well, that's good. I have him starting in uh, one league that I own him in. Yeah, and that's another thing I'm interested in is uh, the Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, I don't want to say splits, but usage. See if Allison's really running out of the slot. Who's getting the targets? I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, so in theory, he he could really support. Devonte Adams every week, and then one of the two of those guys uh, at least every week, and maybe some weeks all three of them. But I, I don't know right. that I'd be able to do that every week. Um, another thing I'm interested in is I just want to see what happens with Marlon Mack because with Andrew Luck's retirement, everyone's expecting Marlon Mack to basically not be able to even repeat what he did last year and probably end up as a low end uh, running back too because of the lack of receiving work. Um, I don't know how you feel about that because I've never had you on the show before. Uh, is that something that concerns you or do you not even care? I, I like Marlon Mack. I think the thing that concerns me, um, I think this came from Scott Barrett, um, but 70% of his yeah, that, running yeah, back points that, came yeah, from yeah. when Indianapolis was up 14 points or more throughout the course of the season. And I think that's just a little scary because you're not going to get that, that this year. Um it's going to be much more difficult for them to put Jimmy up those Graham. kind of points. So I'm definitely interested to see what awesome. happens as yeah. Jimmy Graham I mean, catches a touchdown. Did not start him in uh, several leagues because, yeah, well, so, basically he looked dead last year. And also the Bears um, really didn't give up a lot of production to tight ends last year. And specifically, they didn't give up any production to Jimmy Graham. So it's good to see that he's out producing what he did last year already. Um, and you're going to get Jimmy Graham in a box out situation. Jimmy Graham's probably going to win over a corner. It's just the way that usually, it is. yeah. But you, you know, it's funny though that you say that because you would think that the Packers would realize that, right? Well, maybe they do. It's a new coaching staff. That's true. Um, but yeah, Marlon Mack overall just scares me a little bit with his usage, especially when I think that they're going to be um, kind of having negative game scripts. And I think that might lend itself a little more to Naeem Hines being on the field a little bit more with Marlon Mack not being as great of a pass catcher. All right. So we've talked a lot about the news. Um, segments probably sucked. Everyone's probably missing uh, Sipes and Jeremy. True. We'll see how much Troy cuts Troy, out. Troy's good. There's probably, see, we've been taping for 25 minutes. I'm going to say there's at least four minutes of usable uh, show there. Yeah, we, we should probably uh, tell everybody about DFF memberships, uh, becoming a factory sports member. Um, we got a pretty cool promo going on right now. So if you deposit $20 with DraftKings um, via the link on our site, Dynasty Football Factory, uh, you not only obviously get the $20 that you deposited there, you also get $10 in DK bucks um, as a bonus. And even better than that, you get a free year membership to Factory Sports. Um, so go on our site, look under the memberships. You'll see the Dynasty or DraftKings Dynasty Football Factory promo. Uh, I believe it's the one in the middle. Uh, you can't miss it because it's got a DraftKings logo on it. Go hit that. And like I said, uh, you get a free membership to us for just depositing $20. And that's the full year membership too. That's the full year. That's like 
it's a lot of days. I'm not good with math. Everyone knows math is not my thing. So you're getting some free DK bucks and getting the membership to the site. Definitely worth it. For depositing 20 bucks. Yeah. And then you can check out some of our DFS content. We dropped like, I don't know, felt like about 47 uh, DFS articles today for every drafting site. Uh, you've got Draft. You've got uh, Fantasy Draft. You've got Yahoo.DFS. you got DraftKings, obviously. You've got FanDuel and Yahoo. And I'm pretty sure we wrote up um, articles on each one of those uh, sites and multiple slates. So it's good times. So make sure you check that out. But real quick, Kane. So we're going to move into looking at this fantasy uh, football league of ours, Champer Chump. And right off the bat, guess what? We got a trash dynasty trade offer. I love yeah, it. So we've got we a got? couple here because I asked the guys to head again and send me a couple because I, I don't get them all. They're not all mine. Um, I might send some. And so we've got one good trade here. Uh, someone was offered Drew Locke and John Brown for Chris Godwin. Yeah, for Chris Godwin. Both winners. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. I don't I don't care about the scoring format, right? Like what? there's no scoring format where that would make sense. So whoever you are, not, not even one. Yeah, I don't know who who you are in the league that sent that because um, I'm too lazy to look it up. But you, you should not do things like that because that's that's basically rude, right? I think the next one might be worse. No, the next one is absolutely f- just terrible. Um, so we have Andy Isabella and Eric Ebron for Devontae Adams, and like you have to assume that this trade came before the Andrew Luck retirement, but still, but that that's a really bad trade. That, yeah. See, even if say Aaron Rodgers was to have retired, this would still be a bad offer. Um, that's a terrible offer. And I don't know who did that, but don't send me any offers. Cause uh, I will full put you on blast on the show. Um, Chris didn't give me the name of who sent these offers to him. But uh, if you do that to me, you will get your name called on the podcast. Um, and probably your email address. I'll probably give out your email address on the podcast and ask people to um, email you pictures of mean things. Let's get into the meat of this episode. And we're going to talk about this league and we're going to talk about the strategy surrounding this league because this is uh, one of the more unique leagues that I'm in. I don't know about you. Yeah, this is definitely probably the most unique league that I play in. Um, some that are similar, but this one definitely has just a few different touches. Um, that I really, really like, and it really works for all for all positions too. So here we go. So let's get into the the league settings. Um, so it's ten starters, super flex league. You know, all that sounds pretty par for the course so far. You get into your starting running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. You can start one to seven of each. That's you could start as few as one or as many as set as seven at one position. That's the first thing. So if you're just looking at that, you're going, well, this is pretty, uh, there's not going to be a lot of strategy involved. I'm just going to pick the players that score the most, right? Like who cares what position they play? Yeah. And then you kind of get into the league scoring a little bit. And that's when things definitely start going off the rails. When we're talking about a super flex league, we're definitely expecting quarterbacks to kind of be some of the more high scoring players. And then you see six points per passing touchdown and you're like, all right. Uh, So passing is almost as good as running in this league and then you see negative four for interceptions so you're definitely going to want to stay away from some of those some of those quarterbacks they're going to throw more picks um it's definitely going to be definitely just going to hurt you yeah so i don't know that i'm in any other leagues maybe the scott fishbowl that penalizes as much as this for interceptions and i think i like it because it gives you a more complete actual value um or more true worth of what a quarterback is so ben roethlisberger for example last year i believe he was a top five uh quarterback um in fantasy i do not believe he would have been so um in these settings just because of the negative points for interceptions and i was excited about these settings when we started but after we drafted i was not as excited about these settings I got some quarterbacks that uh, do not do well in this scoring setting. Yeah, so I ended up with Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. So Josh Allen is a, uh, yeah, he he could see a lot of turnovers, uh, a lot of interceptions. 
I don't know about Murray though. I don't. I don't believe that he was a big interception guy in college. You would know better than me since he, you're the college wasn't. buff, right? He, he wasn't. He right, well, you're fine picks, it. But it it does scare me. Um, just him being a rookie, um, seeing different looks in the NFL. You're just going to expect him to throw a few more interceptions than you would in college. And with him only being three foot eight, like a lot of a lot of his balls could get tipped at the line, right? Picked off by defensive tackles, and you'll be just livid, livid. So we have, you know, one point PPR for wide receivers. That's pretty par for the course, right? One and a half point PPR for running backs. That's uh, that's pretty good. And then we have two points PPR for tight ends. Two points, folks. Two freaking points. So the first thing that comes to mind is when people tell you that they're in a tight end premium league, um, unless it's 1.75 or two points, you're, yeah, you're it, not in a tight end it's premium. It's definitely a league. Especially when you look at, I don't, um, I don't know. I think you put, even put a note in here: twelve tight ends, um, either at fifty receptions or more in twenty eighteen, and only eight wide receivers had a hundred or more receptions. Um, so it's definitely something to keep in mind. All of a sudden, tight ends become a little more valuable, especially in this true um, tight end premium league. <clears throat> I don't want to say you can disregard the scoring, but if it's a one point two five. PPR for tight ends and one point for a wide receiver. I don't even look at that to be honest with you when I'm drafting um, because it really, the the difference in scoring is going to be so minimal. Um, you're literally talking about an extra quarter of a point per reception. Um, so it, it's really not that, that big of a deal. But like I said, this, like you, you know, you noted basically a wide receiver, not basically a wide receiver has to hit a hundred receptions to get the same scoring that a tight end would get for 50 receptions, obviously not including the yardage and right. touchdowns. And, and that's definitely like that. something that we have to keep in mind. But I think my favorite piece of scoring is that after a hundred rushing yards, it turns into 0.15 points per rush or per rushing yard instead of 0.1. So as soon as you hit that 100 yard mark, you're getting 15 points instead of 10 which I think is a nice little bonus that you get for some running backs. And we'll get into it, but this scoring system and the league settings really lend itself to basically building a team in any way that you want to, except through the wide receiver position. Um, Although I guess if you went heavy at wide receiver, maybe we'll look at a couple of the teams and see how they did that did that. But I think it's really a fun league that way where, you know, you, you could tell yourself or not tell yourself, but you could look at the stats and go, okay, well, this is why I need to build through running back or this is why I need to build through tight end. Tight end seems to be the most obvious way to build, like I said, because of the two-point PPR. Um, unfortunately for me, uh, going through my draft, I, um, I, I did not do that well um, with the tight end position. And I have to be honest, I thought – um, unfortunately that people would kind of fade the tight end more than they did. Um, I thought they would kind of just disre- not disregard that scoring, I should say, but they would, and just fade it a little bit more than they actually did. Um, we go back to the startup and you look at the first tight end off the board. Um, he didn't go off the board and it was Travis Kelsey until two, two Oh three, which, you're thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe we're going to let, you know, tight end slip a little bit. Um, that wasn't the case. Um, basically, Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, and Ingram all went within the next, uh, you know, 15, 20 picks right there. Um, guys that I thought I was going to be able to grab late, um, I, I wasn't able to. I, I was hoping that I could grab someone like a Austin Hooper uh, even Dallas Godert. Um, and unfortunately the, those guys were gone and I didn't actually pick my first tight end until the 10th you got round value in the 10th. And I got Mark Andrews. Yeah, that was great value right there. Um, I went another way and slammed the running back position. Just absolutely. Just that, that's so what, what I wanted. A couple picks look like in that league that you traded with me. Yeah. I really wish I didn't do that. I ended up with two second rounders. So I ended up with Nick Chubb at 208 and then James Conner at 210. Yeah, I I took a little bit of different route. Instead of the trade back route, I ended up um, trading up a little more than I probably wanted to. So I ended up trading with you to the 103 and then I traded the 103 to the 106 and then the 106 to the 109 
And then I traded the 109 for the 202 and just amassed a bunch of kind of those mid-round picks from that 8 to 13 range, which I thought there was going to be a good amount of value with um, quarterbacks and running backs going so high. It's definitely going to leave me maybe some wide receivers that I'd be able to get for a good value. Um, But I decided to go David Johnson at the 112, getting all that PPR bonus. With only needing to start one wide receiver, I thought that it would be best if I just got one stud wide receiver. So I ended up going with Juju, your favorite wide receiver at 202. And then with that tight end premium, I definitely wanted to get one of the top three tight ends and ended up having the 209. I believe I traded up for that one. And I ended up with Zach Ertz there. Somehow got Lev Bell down at the 307. And that gave me a real nice start for this league. Lev Bell fallen to, you said the 307? 305. Yeah, that's that's good value there. Um, Gurley was taken at the 305. Yeah, I guess everybody was freaked out by the fact that if he missed a year, I'm not really sure. So I, I definitely slammed the running back position. You know, I went with Nick Chubb and James Conner. Then I didn't have any picks for a while. Um, I'm not really happy with my drafting or my trading, to be honest with you. I did a lot of moving around, but in the end, it kind of felt like uh, I, I wasn't happy with my trading. We'll say that. So I went Nick Chubb, James Conner. And then I went ahead and got um, a guy that I believe is in the top tier of quarterbacks and Carson Wentz at the 303. I, I drafted a rookie pick 102 later at the 401, which I ended up trading, I believe. I don't even no, remember. No, you still had it because that's where you got Josh Jacobs. Oh, I still had it? Sweet. No, I got Josh Jacobs at the 102 in this league. That's ridiculous. But Kyler Murray did go first, I believe. That would have made sense. You you drafted yeah, Kyler so I, Murray. The 301 was, or the 101 was drafted at the 306. And at the 402, I drafted Dak Prescott. And then I got a trade offer that said Dak Prescott for the 101. And I was like, well, that seems like a no-brainer to me. Get the younger guy that's going to have more rushing upside. So I thought that was a no-brainer and just had to take Kyler Murray at that spot since I was really hurting for quarterback. I like Kyler Murray a lot, so I can't fault you at all for that. Although I do like Dak, too. I think Dak's definitely a top 12 uh, dynasty quarterback. I think Kyler Murray's got the potential to be a superstar in the league. So without just diving into our drafts specifically too much, because that quickly grows uh, boring. I just wanted to talk about some more about the strategy of it. Um, And like we said, you know, the Superflex League, you should always build through your quarterbacks. But when you also take into account that there's negative four points for every interception, it's vital that you look for quarterbacks that have a history of not turning the ball over as well as having, you know, high uh, touchdown rates. Carson Wentz, who I don't know, just I, I feel like he's undervalued in just about every league I'm in, but that's okay. Cause I'll, I'll scoop him up. Um, he's got a 1.9 career interception rate, which is really low. My quarterbacks were, Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins, they finished with the eighth and ninth lowest interception percentages in 2018. Wentz finished 13th and Cousins 17th in touchdown percentage in 2018. Um, In 2017, Wentz was uh, first in touchdown percentage and Cousins was ninth. So I think I found a a good medium there between guys that are going to throw for a lot of touchdowns um, or at least a decent amount of touchdowns and be in the top 10 and then not throw for many interceptions. Although Cousins' career rate is a little high at 2.4. I'm hoping maybe in a more ball control offense and frankly just a better offense with the Vikings that he won't throw as many interceptions as he did while he was in Washington. Yeah, and you had just drafted Kirk Cousins shortly before I got my second quarterback, and that was definitely my target there because of that. So I ended up with Josh Allen just because he was the best of the rest. And that's definitely a little scary when we're looking at that negative four um, points per interception because my third quarterback's Eli Manning. So not really excited about my quarterbacks in this draft. No one, absolutely no one ever is excited about Eli Manning, nor, nor should they be because he he's terrible. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I, I want to go ahead and look at the rookie draft. This was before Daniel Jones, excuse me, this is before Daniel Jones, um, I I guess I want to say broke out in the preseason or at least alleviated a lot of the fears that people had regarding him. Um, And he still went at the 110. No, he went at the 110. That's not bad. But really in a super flex league, uh, in a a rookie draft, really not deep at position players. I mean, 
outside of, you know, the running backs, Sanders, Montgomery, and Jacobs, probably everyone should have just been focusing on the quarterbacks. But uh, they, they we did let Daniel Jones fall to 110, but that's because everyone hated Daniel Jones at that point. What was your strategy? Because like I said, I definitely was was all about the running back. And just, just to hammer that home, like I said, it, it's one and a half points for the PPR. So I wanted running backs that were versatile enough that they're going to get me those points that basically aren't going to come off the field, um, that I know I'm going to get a good, decent amount of rushing um, from them as well as receiving work. So I grabbed Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Marlon Mack, and Joe Mixon. Um yeah, so I took I took kind of a similar approach. So I ended up the draft um, with guys that I thought could have a chance of starting at least for a little while. So I have guys like Peyton Barber and Matt Breida to pair with Lev Bell, David Johnson, Dev- Devin Singletary, Latavius Murray, just anyone that I knew would get some playing time. Um, definitely wanted to hit tight end pretty hard, knowing that I could start more than one with that true tight end premium. Um, maybe be able to play some of those matchups there. So I ended up with kind of high upside guys with TJ Hawkinson and Zach Ertz. Vernon Davis is a decent plug and play. Um, Tyler Eifert, if he could ever stay healthy, kind of guys like that, that would give me kind of that advantage for wide receivers. I saw, I kind of found that some of the medium tier wide receivers were dropping a bit. I ended up with Robert Woods in the ninth round, yeah. um, which is incredible value for Robert Woods. Um, so it was really just, I was only taking receivers when I thought the value was there. Um, And if the value wasn't there on wide receiver, I was always going to go either running back or tight end after that. So, and that's one of the things that was pretty funny um, with the wide receivers. They did go fairly early in the first, I guess, Um, but in the first couple of rounds, but then it's like everyone turned on a switch and realized, oh my God, they're only getting a point per reception. Um, so only really the elite ones that went off the board, um, you know, in the first couple of rounds and then for almost two full rounds, not one wide receiver was drafted between the end of round two until, you know, the middle of round four, four Oh seven. Um, I don't know that I've ever been in a draft like that where I've seen two full rounds go in the top five rounds, you know, um, without a wide receiver going off the board. Yeah. And that definitely just kind of pushed that value down. I was still able to, um, for some reason, get guys like Dante Moncrief in the 17th, Deshaun Jackson in the 16th, just guys that you'd be able to start if the matchup is right um, and be able to get points out of that late in the draft. That's definitely not something I anticipated. Yeah, you know, just just looking at this league and looking at some of the rosters, including my own, I feel like there's going to be a lot of course correction attempts um, either during the season or after the season. Um, for me, for instance, obviously I, I know I need to hit the, the, uh, tight end market because Mark Andrews is my one who I, I really like is fine. It's just, unfortunately after that, everyone else I have is a stab in the dark. Like I like Jordan Aikens. Um, but unfortunately he just got sent to the IR, but he didn't because it was the other guy. It was the other Houston tight end. So whatever I hit on that. Um, but I don't know how much the Texans are even going to really target uh, Jordan Aikens now that they have Duke Johnson in tow and assuming Kiki Kuti can come back to semi-full health and Will Fuller can stay healthy and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's probably the fifth target on that offense. Um, then I got guys like Blake Jarwin, who I actually do like and think could be uh, you know, a starting tight end after Jason Witten, Witten goes back to Old Folks Farm or wherever he came from. But yeah, man, my tight ends are just just brutal. Um, and I'm looking at some of the other rosters and Butterbeans. He's another guy that apparently drafted like I did because his tight ends are just atrocious. Um, he's got Kyle Rudolph, which probably isn't too bad in Darren Waller. But after that, it's just a lot of hopes and prayers, um, kind of like mine. So I got a feeling this league's going to uh, see a lot of trading going forward. Um, and before... You know, before when I was writing up the show sheet on this, I just wanted to take a look to just see how many trades took place in this league. Um, so this league started uh, on June 10th. Uh, that's when I guess official league action began. Through from June 10th through August 28th, there were 102 trades. Um, so we were trading, or we had been trading up until that point at a 
at least one trade per day. 1.3 trades per day in this league for over two months. Pretty good. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely some of the most fun I've had in the startup with trades happening that quickly. It definitely was a blast to be a part of it. Um, it was easy to get caught up in just all the trades happening and not really thinking about your own roster construction just because you also wanted to trade as much as possible. Um, so definitely got caught up in that a little bit. I think there was a full two and a half rounds where I didn't even have a pick. Um, when we got closer to like that eighth and ninth round action where I was trying to get back in um, to get kind of like those guys, um, some wide receivers that were falling and some of those running backs that could turn into something. Um, but I just couldn't get back in because I didn't have any more draft capital behind that. I definitely got too caught up in trading. I don't even know how many trades this is. At least I had 19 trades since the league started. And most of those, matter of fact, all but seven, all but two of them were during the uh, startup draft. Um, not sure how I feel about that. Uh, definitely made mistakes in this draft. Um, you know, just some good takeaways from this league is always, like we said, make sure that you're paying attention to your settings. Look at your roster construction as the draft's going on. Sometimes you need to just pull away and, you know, instead of just focusing on making trades or trading up here um, for, you know, a singular player that you like, make sure that you're looking at, all right, well, do I want to give up two middle round picks where I could draft two tight ends in a league like this for a running back when, you know, there's still five or six running backs in that tier and, you know, on your board that could fall to you later. Um, so I definitely got way too caught up in that. Especially if we're, if you're not fully grasping the, the two point PPR for, um, tight ends. So Kyle Rudolph, who didn't have a great season, ended with 215 points in this league. Brandon Cooks ended up with 242. So there's only about a 27 point difference between those two players, um, which in normal leagues would be what a 10 round difference between those two players. And I, I don't even feel look at up, looking it up right now, but there's a pretty good chance that Kyle Rudolph went off the board before Brandon cooks. And it probably makes sense <laughs> the way, you know, tight ends flew off the board. Um, so real quick, we wanted to look at, um, you know, who we thought could make the playoffs here. So one thing I did is I just went on the fantasy pros um, where they do the power rankings of the league. They've got kid dynamite as the one seed. They've got the Great White Hope as the two, and then Big Country as three, the third best team in the league. Yeah, and then me all the way down at eighth, uh, Filipino Flash. They are not very happy with my tight end or my wide receiver. They they believe those are very bad. In fact, I have the worst wide receiver core in the league according to them, and my tight ends are the. Th- third worst or fourth worst whatever did i am ninth best that's depressing but my flexes are really strong and uh my running backs are really strong. believe it or not that uh best team have also happens to be the commissioner who set up the league hmm. it's like he knew the rules a little bit better than we did he did if he did that's on everyone else in the league because we should have read them but you drafted well um according to this i did not draft well gonna be a bad year for me so it'll be interesting to go back and see where I actually land. I'm going to have to make a lot of moves. Fantasy Pros has Kid Dynamite, The Great White Hope, Big Country, The Smoking Joes, and the Louisville Lip as the top five teams. And then they have, as the sixth team, Butterbean, slightly ahead of Hitman as the last team that should make playoffs. Uh, Myself and Hitman were were tied for seventh, eighth. uh, And, uh, you know, we're we're nipping on the heels of Butterbean. So we just got to make some moves. Um, maybe I'll hit up the hitman and see if there's something that we can work out there that's mutually beneficial, um, so that one of us can jump into the playoffs, hopefully me and not the hitman. Well, if we kind of look at, um, the best team kid dynamite, I just want to kind of run through this roster a little bit. Um, so we see quarterbacks, three good quarterbacks, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Mitch Trubisky, um, and then good running backs as well. Tevin Coleman, James Connor, Kenyon Drake, Duke Johnson, um, Jalen Samuels, guys that are going to spend a lot of time catching the ball, Kareem Hunt, Naeem Hines, um, but then has good wide receivers as well with Stephon Diggs and Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, um, and Curtis Samuel. Also with Chris Herndon, Eric Ebron, 
Austin Hooper definitely is a really solid team. Um, definitely not going to be excited um, to play Chris this year. Yeah, good good job, Chris. And then also, um, more importantly, what Chris did is he got the league together to bid on this podcast on the right. I don't want to say the right, but that sounds kind of like douchey but a less douchey word for that um he 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 pulled the league together to go ahead and bid on a podcast episode um and we actually decided to make it too so this is going to be the preseason one and then we'll also have the end of season wrap up and uh hopefully we'll have uh sipes and jeremy on those episodes life won't be in the way at that point but you know hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode Uh, it's really the first episode I think I've done with both the guys off the air. And I, I really appreciate you coming on Kane. Can you uh, tell me what you're up to or tell the people how to find you, who you are and what? Yeah. So um, like Shane said, I work at DFF. You can find me on Twitter at DFF underscore Kane. Um, so I am the director of both the college and the Debbie department. So if you follow me on Twitter, you're going to see a lot of Debbie players to watch um, a lot of our Debbie articles um, any college football or anything that my wife has made me laugh about. Also, shout out our anniversaries on Monday. So if you listen to this, Whitney, happy anniversary. Hopefully you're not mad at me for something I did. But yeah, follow me over on Twitter. I have fun. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me. I love just hearing from people asking me questions. I really enjoy that. So if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. All right. And I'm DFF underscore Shane. Don't forget, uh, if you like the show, Go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes because that's how we know you like us and that's how other people find us and that's how our downloads go up and that's what makes me happy and makes me want to continue to keep doing the show. Um, also, duh, we have a patron account. How do you think me and Kane met? Now we're like best friends. I'm basically like his stepdad, um, except that I've never met his mother. So I guess it's more like a the, the father in spirit type of deal. Um But yeah, check out our Patreon account, bonus episodes every week, uh, uncensored podcast, uh, some written content during the season. We slacked off a little bit during the offseason. I'll I'll blame Michael and Jeremy because they're they're not on the show tonight. So it's probably their fault. Um, But yeah, so we'll hit you up with a new episode soon. Don't forget to go become a DFF member. All right. Say goodnight. Dad, don't score points. That's that's not. Oh, sorry. Good night. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com Join a 12-team dynasty startup draft today. Leagues start at just $49 and go up to $999. Starting lineups of one quarterback, three running backs, four wide receivers, one tight end, and two flex spots. They also have best ball leagues, weekly leagues, and redraft leagues with six different starting lineup options in 10, 12, and 14 team leagues. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com The best fantasy football leagues on the net. Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs, personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com.